Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome back to another episode of the Bash Mania podcast. I am your host, Justin Bash, and this is episode 22. Today we have another NCAA champion and world team member as our guest, but it's been about 20 years since he won his NCAA championship. Currently, our guest Chris Bono is the head coach of Wisconsin Wrestling, a top 10 D1 college wrestling program. Chris is an awesome guy, and if you know him or you follow him at all, you know he's always jacked up and his energy is contagious. When I saw him a few weeks ago at the Bill Farrell in New York City, we were chatting, and I'm like, you got to come on the podcast. He just, he's got so much value to offer. So I don't want to waste any time. We're going to get this conversation started with him. But before we do, be sure to subscribe to the podcast if you enjoy it. Tell a fellow wrestling fan about it. And as always, I enjoy any and all feedback you guys send me. And with that, three, two, it's Bashomania! Let me tell you something, brother. He gave us everything he had in him tonight. What you gonna do when Bashamania runs wild? Oh, it's gonna be a good one. And business just picked up here on the podcast. Oh, yeah. Mr. Chris Bono, how are you? I'm great, great. Everything's good. That's awesome. I listen to every time before every episode, I try to spend some time really like submerging in the world of whoever's coming on the podcast. So this morning when I was working out, I listened to different videos, specifically some of like the interviews. Um, but the ones that I was kind of laughing at was the when SDSU had those YouTube videos where you were mic'd up for dual meets. And yeah, I was li- yeah. I was listening to those kind of just like to try to get to know you even more, and I'm laughing because I'm working out. <laughs> like it's motivating me. I'm like I'm getting jacked. <laughs> yeah, that hey, that was it. We that we had a good run there, man. It was a good time, that's for sure. Yeah, and I I was thinking about like normally it's funny. Normally when I when I start the podcast off, I'm like introducing somebody as an NCAA champion or head coach or freestyle national champ world to member like you've done all of those and i was curious out of all those i mean you have so many accolades what do you think means the most to you right now out of all those oh man i you know i can tell you as a uh, competitor i've never really looked back in my career the only thing you know as a competitor i never reached the goals that i wanted to reach um so it's hard to look back you know because there's a lot of heartbreak yeah uh, right now you know I, I would tell you one of the one of the most rewarding things that um, I've done was, was building that South Dakota state program. Um, nobody knows where we came from. Uh, there's only yep. a couple of people knew how, how far that place was. Uh, uh, we were down in the dumps and to re- to do what we did, uh, was simply amazing. Um, you know, and, uh, you know, you, you think about how great that was, but in the same breath, right. I'm, I'm, in, I'm at Wisconsin. You can't think too long cause we got a job to do here and we're trying to build this thing up and, uh, uh, you can't rest too much. I just try to take what I did there and transfer it over here and try to try to get this place going in the right direction. And uh, 
and get us in, you know, getting in the, in the hunt for national championship. For sure. And I want to kind of camp out and talk about some coaching things. But before we get into the coaching, I'm curious about a, a few things from your athletic career. First of all, what got you started wrestling in Florida? Very few people, I feel like, that are such high level like yourself start wrestling in Florida. How did you get started? Well, I'm originally from Pennsylvania. Okay. Um, so that makes so sense. I started. I started. Yeah, I started in the youth in the in the youth in the youth uh, youth program in Pennsylvania. You know, when I was five years old, and then uh, you know I moved to Florida in fifth grade. So uh, that was that was I started uh, in Pennsylvania. And then going through, like you had such a successful career, even if you didn't hit certain milestones you wanted, you still won on so many levels, from high school to NCAA championships. Like you, you you've crushed so many different goals. What do you contribute most to why you had as much success as you did as an athlete? Well, the first thing I had was support. You know, I was lucky to be, um, I had a great family, uh, you know, of support. And, uh, and then the next thing I had, I had a high school coach that was willing to do whatever uh, and take me around the country to get better. You know, um, I remember my summers were, f- were filled up, you know, basically I'd ask, you know, I'd find a camp and I was a little, little crazy, but, uh, <laughs> you know, there was camps all around, there was camps all around Florida and Georgia and, you know, driving distance. And, you know, I wanted to go to a camp out in California because that's where Oklahoma state uh, was put on a camp. And luckily enough, my folks would put me on a plane and fly me out there and spend two weeks there. And then I'd go home and train a little bit. My high school coach would take me to the cadet nationals and go to the training camps and, and do all those things. So I had a lot of support and, uh, and a lot of encouragement and, um, you know, and then, and then I had something, I guess that you really, it's not really teachable, but I, I had the will to win. You know, I had the will to compete. I loved it. I loved to, uh, I loved to train. I loved to compete. And, um, I, I think that's what, uh, what, what took me so far. And, you know, it's, it's so funny cause you, you can hear what makes you a good coach. Some of it, you can, you can hear that when you talk I mean, just the support that you need and the will to win are two things that are so important. What was, was that transition from being a successful athlete to now being a successful coach? What was that transition like? Was it a natural progression, or, or what was that like? For me, it was extremely hard. Interesting. Um, and, not, and I didn't think about it then because um, basically when I went from being a uh, – when I was competing, uh, after my senior year, I started coaching. I was an right. assistant coach at, uh, right, right away. And basically I was a glorified competitor. Yep. I didn't do much coaching. I was a coach with a title, but all I was doing was training and competing. You know, I didn't do a whole bunch of recruiting. I did some paperwork. I did some things. But my goal, uh, you know, Coach Douglas told me my goal was to win a gold medal, uh, my, you know, for the program. So you need to do what you got to do to train, and then, you know, I'll let you coach or do some things uh, on the side. So the, the, the athletes looked at me as a coach, but I saw myself as a competitor. So I didn't I, – I, I, was, I was, you know, not considering myself a coach, you know. So I was being very, very selfish. Um, and then as I grew and, uh, you know, as I stopped competing and, or as I was competing, you know, I was, a, uh, I can, I was, a, uh, on the world team, um, when I was a head coach at Chattanooga. Right. So, so it was right about then when I started balancing the, the listen, you know, the athletes are more important. The kids are more important than myself. My career, if I got to train and do that, it's always, you know, uh, I got I need to cheat myself more than I could cheat the team. Uh, you know, put my, my, my workout second. And that was when I started really learning, um, how to coach, uh, you know, and then my, I would tell you this too, when I got out of coaching, when I started selling medical devices, uh, for, for, for two years after, um, 
after my second stint back at Iowa State, um, that was really when I learned how to do it all. Um, I learned more about being a CEO of, of your program was way more important um, than, than the coaching aspect of it and surrounding yourself with the right people and learning how to sell and learning how to uh, manage your budgets and learning what's more important and treating people and managing people and things like that. Um, I, I really, I really learned. And luckily enough, I headed right into um, South Dakota state after selling those devices. And, you know, I took that program on just like I was the CEO of a, of a, you know, uh, of a $4 million, you know, territory I was running in, in the medical device world. What made you want to start selling medical devices and what made you want to stop? Well, selling medical devices was, was, you know, I got out of wrestling for whatever reasons, um, you know, and, I was, I was, I was always, I was kind of sick of being the runner up, you know, yeah. um, I had, a, I had, I had been a runner up for a bunch of jobs, you know, uh, big time, um, uh, head coaching jobs, you know, in my career, I was a runner up competitively a lot. And, and, you know, the, the burden on my family of not seeing my little kids of, you know, not making, you know, you know, struggling to make ends with me, my wife always having to work and figuring things out. Um, I talked to some buddies that were in the medical device world said, you'd be great. We're making a ton of money. Um, you know, let me help you get this. And so when I got out of wrestling and when I got out of that, uh, uh, you know, college coaching and started doing this, uh, it was, it was amazing. Right. I didn't know what I was doing. I was basically surviving. Right. Uh, and then I figured, I figured it out and I learned how to do it. And, um, and then, and then it was on from there, you know, I, I did well and, you know, I, I was rookie of the year for the company or, or my division. Um, but then it was just something was missing. The passion for what I did uh, wasn't there. You know, every day waking up, fired up to start the day wasn't there. Um, you know, and then I was lucky enough to be able to get back into wrestling. And what has it meant to you to be able to, you know, you you started off with Iowa State and Chattanooga, and now you've kind of been working yourself up. You went to SDSU, you built a successful program over six years, and now you kind of took another step. Now you're the head coach of you know a top ten team, a big school, Big Ten school. What is what is what does it mean to you to be able to continue to evolve as a coach and continue to be such a good coach and yet continue to evolve as one? Well, it, it, it means the world to me that. Um, you know, the, the outside people see that, right? I, I, I feel like I'm evolving. I mean, you have to evolve or right. you die, uh, you know? So I, I try to evolve. I study things. I, I, I study other successful coaches and, you know, successful businessmen, you know, some successful CEOs. So I try to evolve every day, um, you know, and um, I'm glad that, the, you know, the people that were hiring for this program saw that in me. You know, um, but you know what, in, in this thing, you're only as good as your athletes. You're only as good as the kids you're recruiting, right? We're counting on 18 to 23 year old kids, um, to, to determine, um, you know, your, your, uh, your future. So I know that and I see that. And, uh, you know, you, you've got to be able to manage these kids. You've got to be able to help them. You've got to be able to, uh, you know, be a hard on them sometimes. And then you got to love on them sometimes. Um, but, 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 you know, I have evolved because I really believe that I've, I've been at programs um, that we've had that, that you've had to have a blue collar type approach to be successful. You've had to be the guy that had to mop the mat. Sometimes you had to tape a guy's ankle. Sometimes, you know, you're the one out raising money. You, you know, things weren't handed to us, uh, right. you know, and said, uh, you know, and, and, and you, you know, you didn't walk into a place and said, okay, uh, don't worry about this. This just, just go win. 
you know, and so I've really learned that and I've really, you know what, I've really appreciated it. I've always, I've told this to a lot of people. I think that before you become a successful head coach at a big time program, these young coaches should not want to just jump into a, a, a top five head coaching job. That shouldn't be their goal. Their goal should be to start off at a little program where you learn every part of the job. Like yeah. I said, you learn how to tape an ankle. You learn how to go raise a dollar. You learn how to uh, do the hard thing. So when you do get to a position, um, you know, at a top five school or something like that, uh, you know how to do everything. And, and now you can worry about, you know, how to manage those people. And that's another big, I think, part of the job that us coaches uh, fail at a lot is, is, is managing people and the people around you. Uh, I, I really feel that's a, a, a major thing because it is running like a little business here, totally. um, especially here at Wisconsin, especially here at Wisconsin. We have so many people um, that, that, that are involved in your program that you've got to make sure that everybody's on the same page, uh, you know, or, or one slip up and things could go the wrong way. And I'm assuming I know the answer to this, but if I were to ask you if there was one coaching stint or a specific time period that you think elevated you to, to do exactly what you're saying, I'm assuming then it would be your time at SDSU. Well, yeah, there's no question about that. But you can also go back to my couple of years at Chattanooga. Uh, that was a very, very tough job at the time. Um, very, very tough job. You know, but um, my my time at SDSU, uh, I feel like I was prepared to go in there, and that's why I was so fired up to go in there and, and take uh, and try to rebuild that program, uh, just for the fact that I was prepared and I was, and, and at that time of my career, I was so passionate about um, getting back in it. Right, I, I had felt that for the uh, whatever that the, the, the 14, 12, 13 years I was in wrestling before that, uh, I took it for granted. You know what I mean? I felt like maybe wrestling owed me something. When I right. got out of it, I realized I realized how lucky I was to be a college wrestling coach. And and what a great opportunity this was to touch young men. Uh, what a great opportunity it was to mentor kids. What a great opportunity it was to, you know, show my philosophy, to show who I am. Um, and, 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 and I was ready to go in there, and I didn't care. You know, we were last in the country at SDSU. Um, and, and, you know, how, how I can build that program up and how we could really – um, get things rolling. And another thing that I hear you talk about a lot is culture. And I think having a culture, especially in my world where I'm in marketing and business, and I know the importance of what culture means behind the scenes, both from a customer service standpoint, from having good, like you said, your time in medical sales, it kind of taught you about managing your people and, and having great relationships what do you think is the impact from an athlete standpoint when you build up a program like you have now, you know, again and again, kind of where culture is so important and what do you, what do you look for to continue to do that? Well, culture, I believe is, is very important. You know, um, this was the first year I actually had our team read a book um, on culture and um, we, 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 read, we read a book, and they all reported, uh, you know, a chapter each. Yeah. Uh, and, 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 and it was, um, whether they got anything out of it or not, you know, it was the fact that it's important to me. Yeah. Um, it's important to our staff. It's important to our program that we're going to talk about culture all the time, you know. And, and you know what? Everybody sees culture as a different, different thing. You know, for me, you know, my culture is just hustle, effort, attitude. 
Like, give me your best hustle, effort, and attitude and do everything right. If you just do what you're supposed to do, you're going to be average. You're going to be able to skate by. Just do what you're supposed to do. Right. And there'll be no issues at all. Now, if you can do everything you're supposed to do at the very highest level and give your max effort, right, you'll be able to live with whatever you can live with at the end of the day. You'll be able to live, you can't change the results. The real, results are going to be how much hustle, effort, and attitude you put into the everyday life. How much, when you were drilling your te- techniques, were they at, was it your best effort? When you were learning it, was it your best effort? When you were running your sprint, you know, the last one, was that your very best or did you, did you be like, oh, it's the last one, I'll slack off? You know, right. that, that's, all we, that's all we're trying to build this thing on uh, academically. Did you really study to get an A or did you say, you know, I got one more chapter left, it's 10 o'clock, I'm going to bed, I know I can get a B. You know what I mean? It, it, yep. it, it's, did you really apply yourself 100%? And you know what? At the end of the day, you take that in the business world. Uh, you know, and you're getting up early and you're maxing your best hustle, effort, and attitude in the business world. And, you know, you're, you're forming relationships. That's what we do here. Um, and, and, you know, uh, it could take you a long way just by, um, and I, and I encourage our guys to, um, establish your philosophy. Don't take mine, right? If you don't like what we establish yours, what's going to make you successful. What do you believe is going to make you successful? Um, and I guarantee you the bottom line you're going to come back to is, um, you know, a you've got to put forth your forth your best effort. You got to do everything right. You got to be able to treat people right. Uh, and and I and and that's all we're trying to do here. And uh, you know, um, and that's all we did at SDSU. Now we needed sometimes you got to encourage these kids. Some kids a little more than others. You've got to encourage some athletes a little more than others. You don't give up on people. Um, you know, and, you, and and then you uh you you make sure that. Um, and the main thing too is make sure you stick to your principles, right? Um, you can't establish a culture and then let, let, let your best athlete, your best employee, uh, slide. There's gotta be a uh, consequence. And I think that was our biggest takeaway from our little study was there's gotta be some sort of, uh, uh, consequence. You know, we get a lot of heat when we maybe, uh, let a kid go off the team, or we get a lot of heat when we suspend somebody, uh, you know, cause, oh, he's only an 18 year old kid. He made a mistake. Right. He did this. But if you, if you establish your culture, you establish your principles and then you don't, um, have a consequence for a violation of those principles, then there is no culture. So, uh, that was really, really great for me. Cause, um, I, I really, uh, learned um, that really is that, that, that book supported everything that I believe in and everything that I had been running these programs on. And what was that book called? Uh, I believe it's called how to build and sustain a championship culture. I'm going to have to read Jeff that Jan- Jan- by Jeff Jansen. And I'm sure people listening are going to want to read that too. And you know, it's funny, like I, like I was telling you, I, I listened to probably an hour and a half to two hours of Bono sound clips this morning because I want to be able to take your story and and share it through this podcast. And I want to be able to pull out as much value as I can. And as I did that, I saw such consistency with what you believe. And I think a perfect case in point, excuse me, was after this weekend, I heard your interview with track wrestling after the Iowa duel. And I loved your perspective it was that, listen, we had an opportunity. We didn't capitalize, but I'm proud of my guys. I'm not worried about Seth losing. You're you're grateful. Now you can say, hey, if you want to go win an, if you want to be an all-American, you have to win that match. So I, I'm even as a spectator, I can I can see that consistency. But how did you develop that mindset perspective 
to be able to maintain that consistency. And it's easy if you just win. But I think when you have highs and losses and, and you're kind of like a roller coaster, both an athlete, a coach, how did you develop that mindset and that perspective? So I'll tell you what, I've lost a lot in my lifetime. Um, and I think that that's what really made me um, understand my coaching philosophy. I lost a lot, right? And you, you can go one way or another when you lose. Yep. You can put your head in the sand and, and, and quit the sport, or you can put your head in the sand and be like, I'm never going to win. Or you can wake up the next day and you can get back to work, right? Now, that's not going to guarantee you're going to win the next time, right? Right. But you know what? You got to keep getting back up. You got to keep getting better. You got to keep figuring it out. You know, you've got to, you, if you really want to do it, if you really want to win, you've got to figure it out. There is no quit. There is no, uh, I'm not going to be able to do it. Remember, I chased a guy around the world, Lincoln McElready. Uh, I was 0-28, 0-26. I never beat the guy. But not once did I ever come back after a loss and say, I'm never going to beat him. I always believed I was going to beat him, but I had to figure a way out. So every time I faced that guy, I thought I had something for him different. Now, right. what makes him so great was he didn't beat me and say, well, I'm going to beat him again in the same way. He always he was always one step ahead of me. Yep. You know, when I thought I had the game plan down, here's how we're going to do it, he had something else for me, right? And so, so credit him for being uh, evolving his game. Um, but that's where I've got my whole philosophy from is – you know, you know, here's the deal, Seth Gross. You, 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 no doubt about it, and he'll be the first one to admit. You got whooped the other night. You yeah. got beat, right? There's no doubt about it. You didn't get cheated. You didn't get. You went out and got beat, uh, you know, by a better guy that night. Okay? And you know what the text message was on the bus ride home? We talked a little bit, right? But you know what the text message was the next day? You know the text message, or, or uh, we got back. What was it? I gave them off? Um, it was it was Sunday night. It was Monday night. I gave yep. them off Monday. The text message that came in Monday was, hey. You know, uh, I watched the film. I see I've got to do this, 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 and this. Yeah. Can you meet me in there tomorrow morning? I want to do this after practice. Here's where I, I've got to change my lifting up. I've got to get back to this. I, I, I went back and saw how we were training in South Dakota State. I want to, I want to do these things. I, I'm back. I'm ready. Don't you know? It, it was, it wasn't like you put a test and say, hey, I, coach, I'm not going to beat him. You know, it was, hey, I'm ready to get back to 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 my championship form. Um, and I'm ready to, you know, I'm ready. Evan Wick, after getting that beat, he could have been like, I can't beat him. I'm 0-4 against uh, Marinelli. Right? You know what his attitude was when we got into practice? Coach, look at what I did good. Here are the positives I did. Let's build off it. We yeah. got it. We're going to wrestle him a couple more times. You know, and, 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 if I, and, and, and I love it because um, we've only been here a year and a half, and these guys are already seeing, hey, uh, win, lose, or draw, we've got to show up the next day, and we've got to try to get better. You know, we've got to try to get better uh, if you want to do it. That's what I tell these guys. Do you want to do it? If you don't want to do it, I understand. Right. right? But don't tell me you want to do it. Don't tell me you want to do it. Uh, show me you want to do it. And um, and these guys are all on board. And, um, you know, um, I'm very proud of that. But uh, it's about consistency. You can't you can't be good one day and bad for four. You can't give me your best effort one day and not give it the next three days. Give me your best effort every single day uh, in, in every area, and and, uh, and and I guarantee you it'll pay off at some point in your career when you want it to. And I'm assuming that support you had, going back to when I asked you about what contributed to why you were so successful as an athlete, and you said like the support you had around you and having that will to win, and I'm assuming that means not having downtime of feeling sorry for yourself. 
Like just like Seth, Seth didn't take a week and just kind of rain on his parade saying, oh man, I can't believe I lost. Like it's right back to the grind. I think that that goes back to having that support and having that will to win and just moving on. There's such a consistent message on this podcast of people who come on and say, I'm so grateful for the losses because it taught me this. I evolved after a loss. So listen to this. I was talking to one of our football coaches and, uh, uh, we know we've got a high-level football program here, and we played a lot of 11 a.m. games this year. And I said, man, do you really like those 11 a.m. games? And he said, I love them. I said, you love them? He goes, listen, coach, 11 a.m. games, we're done by two, right? We, 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 we get back that night, we watch film in the morning, you know, or we get back, we, it's earlier on the film, and then we can put it behind us and move on to get better. Yeah. When we play those seven o'clock games at night, we get back at four in the morning. Right then, it's a, it's it's later to evaluate the film. It's later, uh, you know, that we see the team. It's later that this right and everything still lingers on and on and on, right. win or lose. Yep. He said, so um, we've got to be able to put behind us the good, the bad, and move on and get ready for the next best thing. And that's next week when we play, you know, a, a football team or for us, you know, when we compete again. Yeah. So I've taken that philosophy. It really hit home. Win, lose, or draw, right? Yeah. And, I, and, and I think it's, it's actually easier when you lose, right? Everybody wants to forget about it. But what we do is, is we address it. Uh, the first day back, we addressed it. We addressed the positives. We addressed the negatives. And I said, hey, that's it. We don't talk about it anymore. We move on. Yep. We've got to get ready because if you dwell on it too long, we're not going to be ready for the next guy. Now, the same goes for when you have a big win. You know, you have a big win. People want to talk about it more and more, right? You're right. on the news. You're doing an interview. Yep. You're looking on Twitter. Everybody's praising you. You look at, you're doing this. You're doing, hey, big wins. You got If you don't put those behind you and build off of those, right, and see the positives and see the negatives and get ready for the next best thing, you're setting yourself up for disaster. Yeah, for sure. And and I think you've clearly had an impact uh, on these kids and, and the way they think to, to understand that. And I want to go back to, to Seth for a minute because I think his story is so fascinating. And, you know, I had him on the podcast a, a few weeks ago and we really got to dive into his story. And one of the many things that stuck out to me was that you gave him that second chance. And it's even more interesting now that I hear your more of your perspective because understanding the importance of culture and 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 having that where you you're the kind of guy who you know you'll get in trouble for suspending somebody or you'll get in trouble for kicking somebody off a team or whatever it is but then with Seth it was kind of the opposite Seth needed a second chance and you gave it to him and it wasn't like hey you messed up at Iowa man so there, there's nothing here for you what was that like when he came to you and what wanted you what why did you want to give him a second chance, I guess I'm asking? Well, uh, the, the bottom line was this. He owned up. He looked me in the eye and owned up to it. You know, when he told me, I did it, yeah. right? I, I wish I could take it back. I did it. There was no one that forced me to do it. There wasn't an outside, you know, usually today you, a kid comes in, hey, why were you late? Oh, my phone didn't work. You know, I, I, I did this. It was something else's fault. It wasn't just straight. I messed up. I did it, right? Yep. He told me he did it. He wishes he could take it back. I regret it. Um, but if you give me a chance, I will never do it again. And I will never, I will never disappoint you again uh, from a discipline standpoint. And, I, and it was over, right? We talked for an hour after that. But I knew yep. right then and then I was, giving, I, I was letting this guy on my team. You know, he owned up to it. Um, and, and if he would have came in and made excuses, I would have really thought second about it. But he owned up to it. He said, I'm the, uh, I screwed up. 
you know, I'm asking for another chance. Nobody's willing to take it. Are, are you, you know, and, uh, and, and that's, and that's what he did. Um, and that's why that was the, the, the main reason why was he just basically owned up to the mistakes that he had made. And it's always such a good, it's, it's a selfish feeling too, but it's always a good feeling when, when any of us, it doesn't matter if you're a coach, a parent, a friend, anybody, when you give somebody a second chance and they prove you right, I think it's one of the most incredible feelings ever. What did it mean to you to sit in his corner and watch him achieve that dream of being a national champ where he straight up told me, like he, he said exactly what you said. Like, like he told me I had a one strike policy. If I was late to one practice, I was done. <clears throat> Excuse me. And he said it meant a lot to him. What did it mean to you to give him that chance and help him? Like he told me straight up, I, I wanted to be an All-American. I kind of gave up on being an NCAA champ when I went there initially. But then you kind of coached him through that rut. What did it mean when he won that national championship and had his hand raised? Yeah, it, it, it meant a lot to me. It probably meant um, a little different to me than it did to him, right? He probably thought about, you know, redemption. He never – he was in trouble. He didn't know if yeah. he ever – I was happy because that guy put the work in. You know, I saw him at the lowest of his lows, you know, and this is, he'll tell you this, this is, I'm not being mean about Seth Gross, but he was a fat, little, out-of-shape kid yeah, when he, he came into that. our program. Yep. Right? And and to see what he did to transform his body, to see what he did, um, you know, to go from not even being able to win a sprint lap to being, a, you know, uh, to not, you know, to, to the winning sprint laps to, uh, you know, the things he did, he improved and he worked and he worked and you know what? As he worked and worked, he, he, he stayed the straight and narrow. He did the right things. You know, did he do everything right? No, he didn't do everything right. You know what I mean? But, but was he working at every little thing to, to be the best version of Seth Gross? He absolutely was. And so uh, what I also really, really uh, thankful for was he just put complete trust and faith in us. Right. right? He, he, he was successful in high school. He could have done the things he wanted to do. But he basically came in and said, listen, I'm buying into your program. You tell me to, to, to you know, you know, this is one of our things. You tell me to go run to Perkins uh, and back after, uh, after practice when it's 36 degrees outside, uh, I, I'm going to go do it, you know. And if the, the, if that was one of the things that uh, our guys in South Dakota State didn't really like after, you know, a, a big grueling practice would make them change their clothes and, and run to Perkins and back, a good little two-mile <laughs> run. And, um, you know, he didn't want to do it. You know, and he got, he was, but he would, he would be the first one out the door and he'd get back as quick as he could, you know? Yeah. And, um, uh, so, so I, I, I was sat there and, you know, after the pure joy and after the hugging, when we were sitting around later that night, it was just the fact that this guy bought in, believed in us, did everything we asked and, and, and he did the work, right? I, I, we take zero credit for that guy winning the national championship. He did the work. He deserved to win and he went out and did it. And what does that mean from like a confidence standpoint, knowing that you can take someone, even though like you don't want to give yourself the credit, but I mean, I'll give you the credit. Like you gave him the second chance. And even if he put the work and you gave him that opportunity. And I think when anybody hits rock bottom, who's around us to lift us up, I think should get a lot of the credit that had to be a nice, I don't know if it's a confidence boost or what it is, but to to be able to coach that, that has to be like a confidence booster, knowing what you're capable of doing as a coach to kind of to, you know, not just be a runner up, but like that's the pinnacle, a national champion. Did that kind of help you after that, like having that under your belt? 
Well, sure. It, it helped me. And, and that's where it really our program started to take off. Yep. Even more after we won. Our recruiting really picked up there. Um, you know, and, and really this sport is, is what have you done for me lately, right? You know what I mean? We, Correct. We, we've had national champions and All-Americans everywhere I've been. You know what I mean? But but it's it's what had this sport, you know, what, everybody wants to go to Penn State right now, right, because they're winning. What have yep. you done for me lately? You know what I mean? And um, so when you're out on the recruiting trail, it's it's what have you done at your program lately? And then when we started having All-Americans and, you know, uh, you know, you seem to – everybody wants to talk about Seth at South Dakota State, but we, what, what about our culture boys um, that really, you know, they, they went and seated, you know – one went unseated and one was 13th and Zilberberg was seated 14th and they were all Americans, you know, they're yeah. seeing that we are developed, developing kids. Uh, but listen, I'm telling you right now, it was not what we did. All we did was put the game plan there. Yeah. Those guys went and followed the game plan. Um, you know, the roadmap is what Bobby Douglas used to say. Here's our roadmap. They followed the roadmap. You yep. follow the roadmap. You give yourself a chance. Uh, to be an All-American and to be a national champion. And those guys did that. And then, um, you know, uh, the recruits started seeing it. We had great recruiting classes, right? Wisconsin then saw it. Um, and, and then one thing led to another. And, you know, we're, we're, we're here and we're establishing that culture now here at Wisconsin. And, hey, the roadmap is still the same. Right. Right. The roadmap is still the same. We're, you know, um, our philosophy, uh, we're going to work, right? We're going to work hard. Um, we tell them wrestling's hard. Uh, you know, we're going to work hard. We're going to we're, we're going to do the right things on and off the mat, uh, and then we're going to go out. And we're going to win. And then what I what I give what I tell them is, listen, we're going to celebrate too. You let's go do this. We're not going to be uh, we're, we're not those guys that win and and not going to you know and then just be like on to the next one, right? right. We're going to take time and we're going to enjoy it because I think that's very very important too. You've got to sit back and talk about it. You've got to sit back and relive it. You got to sit back and watch the video. You got to go have a little celebration in, in town for the guys, right? You've got to make them feel special because you totally. know what? When you get them back the next year, you say, hey, remember that feeling. Remember how, what everybody thought about you. Well, we got to put that behind us and we got to go do it again. And then we got to go do it again and again and again. And then, you know, uh, you know what I mean? And, 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 and it's amazing. You always you use that quote, you know. Um, you know, win now or what is it? Win, win now and live the rest of your life like a champion. Right. There's nothing any more true than that. Go do it now. And I'm telling you, the rest of your life, you will live like a champion. Yeah, that's good stuff. One more thing, too, but before I let you go here in a few minutes, I'm curious on your perspective on social media, both as a coach who's able to now, you know, we're evolving where social media has, has given a guy like you, the tool to, you can kind of watch recruits. You can see what they're doing. You can kind of use it as a communication tool to build up your program. Like you did a fantastic job at SDSU. I think you're doing a fantastic job now with Wisconsin, with you're putting out content, you're utilizing these platforms um, to be able to grow what you're doing. And there's so many mixed reaction about how social media is good, how it's bad. And, you know, I, I know, Different guys go through seasons where they want to stay off social media. Sometimes they leverage it. I'm just curious on your thoughts on it all. So social media is it is good, it is bad. Yep. Um, you know because people, but but you take it for what it's worth, right? Uh, so for me, I'm not a real personal. Sometimes I am, right? When yep. I, I'll I'll, uh, I'll get on there and talk about my kids a little bit. But social media for me is first of all when I went to South Dakota State. Uh, it was a recruiting deal. It was a recruiting deal for me. 
we could not talk about the program in terms of we, we had zero wins. We're last in the country. All right. What, what, what could we do? So what we were doing is, is we wanted the recruits to get to know our staff. We wanted them to get to know, uh, we had our president of the school on there. We had our athletic director. We wanted them to know that wrestling was safe. Wrestling was going to be supported. Um, and by the time we got a kid on campus, they knew everything about South Dakota State. Um, they could do, right? You know, or they could be that. That could possibly do it without talking about wins and losses and all Americans and national champions, right? Yeah. We had to start somewhere. And then the next thing is, it's free. We spent zero money um, um, doing that, right? And, and then all of a sudden, I took a class at the NWCA Academy, a leadership class that just talked about social media and promoting your program. Dude, we were last in the country, but I think everybody in the country knew what Get Jack meant. Right, totally. You know what I mean? And, yep. and, and so that really snowballed. So now I get to Wisconsin, uh, and, and I start putting that philosophy here, and we have so much more in terms of resources, in terms of people's video, uh, right? And now, now I think when you think of Wisconsin, and, and, and really this was already in place, but right, you start, start talking about jump around. Right. right. Our kids say it. Our kids talk about it. We have a model. You, you know, what does jump around mean to you? Right. And now we're letting our fans see the personalities of our kids. They're seeing our workouts. Uh, it's very, very good. Now, you, you take the good with the bad, right? Uh, all of a sudden, uh, maybe you switch jobs or maybe you do this, right? You're, you're, you're On social media, you're the villain. Everybody gets yeah. their opinion of you. Everybody gets to say what a bad guy you are. Everybody talks about how uh, they think you did this and they think you did that, all right? And, and here's the deal. You, the, 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 the country, the media, they only get one side of the story, right? Uh, when you're looking at the bad. Yep. You know what I mean? And if you dare respond back to that one side of the story, it blows up and it could be national news. It could be, I mean, it costs people their jobs. Yeah. You know what I mean? It costs yep. NFL people. They say dumb things. But uh, so, so you take it with a grain of salt, right? If you, you we're active on social media, we're positive and all that, but we're never going to respond back to people that want to bash you or people that want to, uh, you know, you know, that hate you now because of whatever or this or that. Everybody gets their opinion. And people can choose what they want to see. You know, that's the bad side of it. And then the bad side of it for athletes and all that is, is uh, you know, is you can't get on Twitter without knowing a ranking or knowing this or knowing right. that if you don't want to know it, right? You can't get on there if you just want to go see what CNN says without seeing what people are saying about you, you're, right. you know, that you're never going to lose a match or that you're terrible. So you take the good with the bad, you know what I mean? And, you know, nothing's as good as it seems and nothing's as bad as it seems. So if you're able to do that, and social media is great. Do you have any limitations when you, like, I know some coaches like when their kids stay off it. And, you know, I'm in the middle because, like, I, I respect what somebody like you thinks is best for their athlete. And I know a lot of these guys now, when you talk about number of followers and building your brand for future brand deals, it is important. But you also have to count the cost. Is that kind of your perspective with how you want your athletes to treat it? So we have no limitations. The only limitations we have is don't be knuckleheads on Twitter. Right. You know what I mean? Or, or, or any social media. Man, you guys know, and this goes, listen, this is our culture, right? Yeah. Do all the right things. You, you, if, you, if you believe in our championship culture, you, you can't get on Twitter and, and, and uh, you know, and start, start whatever, you know. Twitter doing, fights, right. Talking bad, yeah, talking bad about people or, you know, this or that or getting into arguments or, you know, and, and that's not even that bad, right? I'm talking, you know, you can't do dumb things. You can't right. be, um, you know, 
showing bad videos or, or just, just, just doing stuff that's going to hurt yourself, hurt uh, our program and hurt the university. You know, ultimately you represent this university. You've got to make sure that you uh, understand that. And then, you know, lastly, you don't, you don't want to give any opponents any more fuel. You know what I mean? They're already trying to rip your head off. You don't, you don't want to want to want to give anybody else any little fuel, man, promote yourself. I love it. Right. Brand yeah. yourself. I think that's very, I think that's very important. You know, you, you know, put your brand out there. What do you believe in that? That there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. You know, people might think you're arrogant. People might think self-branding and all that, but Hey, listen, um, go, go sell yourself, right? Go, go, yeah. go, 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 uh, let people know you're training hard. Let people know you want to win a national title. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, but do it in the right, right way, tackle way. And then also some of those things, you know, uh, let them see your personality. Some of our guys have some awesome personalities. Totally. You know, we have some great artists. We have great artists on the team. Show your artwork. Yep. You never know where that's going to lead someday. You never know, uh, you know, what people are looking on there for jobs. You never know where, um, where, where, where it could, where it could lead. So, um, do it right. Right. Remember our championship culture and, uh, and, and enjoy yourself on there. Express yourself. For sure. And last, before I let you go, you're now in the second season as head coach at Wisconsin. You know, you're, you're one of the top schools in the country. What are you looking forward to most coming up? I'm looking forward to the next thing. We have a tournament here Saturday at SIUE. Um, I'm fired up to see how our guys respond after getting beat, you know, taking a big time loss last week. Um, I'm excited for these guys to hit their finals. I'm excited for them to, some of them have some great academic goals that we'll know about here in about two and a half weeks. Um, I'm excited about, uh, living life. I'm excited about, you know, waking up every day and being, being, uh, uh, fired up about being, having one of the best jobs in the country. You know, I'm fired up for working for the best, uh, administration in the country. You know, I'm fired up to, for, for Christmas, you name it. Uh, I love life, man, and uh, I love it. you know I, I I love spending time with my family. Now they get a couple of days off of school, so uh, I'm fired up for a lot of things. You know, uh, not just my job. I'm uh, I'm fired up that I get to wake up every day, do what I love, and um, uh, just excited about where where the future where 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 uh, you know what's going to happen tomorrow. I love it, man. We are we are blessed people, and it's easy to lose sight of that. So I'm always grateful when I get That's to right. spend time and talk to people who who have that proper perspective of how blessed we are. So sweet, man. Right. I am in your corner hey, last thing, rooting for Yeah, go last ahead. Last thing I want to say, last thing I want to say, hey, this wrestling community is unbelievable. Uh, make sure, you know, uh, we talk about rivalries and, and want to beat people down. But, uh, you know, if someone hears this and doesn't know, say a prayer for Brandon Sorensen, one of our fellow wrestlers who was uh, diagnosed with leukemia. You know, even though he's at a different university, he's, uh, he's a human being and he's a great representative of what we are. And, uh, you know, our prayers are out for that guy. And I know him, uh, he'll fight till uh, he makes a recovery. Amen, man. Speaking of keeping things in perspective, so important to lift up those around us. So I appreciate you bringing that up. And we will chat soon, my man. Okay. Take care, buddy. And that is today's show, guys. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Bash Mania podcast. I am your host, Justin Bash. Be sure to subscribe, leave the podcast a review, tell your friends, and we will see you back here soon for another episode. See ya. And the beat goes on.